Hello and welcome to episode 128 of the Redbox Report, the weekly movie podcast where we review the latest Blu-rays and DVD releases for Redbox. I'm your host Bob Fallon. And I'm your co-host Joel Fallon. And this week we're going to take a look at a couple of uh, random assortment of movies that Lionsgate sent us, uh, review copies, and we're going to review them. Yeah, thank you very much by the way. <laughs> yeah. Pretty least, nice crop. I mean, at least we could do. <laughs> good timing, since we really wasn't much on Redbox coming out this week. Yeah, so really. We'll give these a crack, and um, yeah, and then we'll get into a top five. Oh wait, I never said what those movies are. Those movies are <laughs> While We're Young, starring Ben Stiller and Naomi Watts. Then we'll get into our top five Naomi Watts films to go along with that. Then we'll take a look at the Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, zombie movie, Maggie. And then the Michael Fassbender Western Slow West. Slow West. Yes, and I'm jacked right now. <laughs> I'm going to have a kid in five days. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, so this is our last episode for probably two weeks. We've got some stuff planned in the interim to kind of tidy things over. We've got yeah. a couple bonus podcasts planned. Stay tuned for those, but uh, yeah, I'm excited, nervous, anxious as shit. <laughs> Can't sleep. I'm all nervous all day long. Well, you better get it in now while you can. Yeah. <laughs> uh, second kid. For some reason, I feel like I'm more nervous for this one than the first. <laughs> well, you know what you're getting into this time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're naive the first. Yeah, the first one, I guess, is fear of the unknown. The second one's fear of the very noon. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But anyway, let's get into the first movie of the day. While We're Young, directed by Noah Baumbach, one of my favorite directors. I don't know. One of my favorite might be strong, but I really like him a lot. Yeah, just <laughs> probably my top, top 20 or 25 directors. But uh, the movie, like I said, stars Ben Stiller, Naomi Watts, Adam Driver, Amanda Seyfried, um, the guy from Beethoven, <laughs> uh, as well as a few others. But it's basically about... Ben Stiller is this director who's had one big hit of a documentary and him and his wife don't have kids. Their best friend just had a kid and they're kind of drifting apart because it's hard for her friends that have kids to remain friends. Yeah. Super close friends with the people that don't. So they meet up with Adam Driver and Amanda Seyfried, a younger couple, and they hit it off and they become close with them he's also a documentarian and he admires Ben Stiller they start working together and it goes from there yeah Basically. just a little drama what were your expectations had you heard of this movie um I hadn't heard much but I had heard I guess of it seen mm-hmm. it what whatever um I think it was my most out of the bunch of movies that we got it was the one I was looking most forward to watching is the first one I watched yeah so I guess I had some expectations uh, the cast seemed great so I mean yeah even though it wasn't really my cup of tea genre wise I was like yeah I'm pretty excited for it actually yeah this was um, I was looking forward to it because I, like I said I really like Noah Baumbach he's made such classics as The Squid and the Whale Francis Ha um, <laughs> Greenberg Margot at the Wedding. These are all movies I really enjoy. Have you seen any of them? No, I've never even heard of them, to be honest with you. But He's like an indie filmmaker who... He does a really good job with the like uh, 
little relationship dramas, but okay. I think he's one of the best at that. And obviously, I like Ben Stiller on Letterboxd. I have these rankings for actors and actresses and all this, and I think this was the 33rd Ben Stiller movie. I've seen, I've seen a lot Jeez. of them. I know. I remember when he was kind of in his heyday. You really liked him. Yeah. A surprising amount of his thirty-three movies I do not like, but uh, <laughs> I do like him as an actor. And Naomi Watts, she's she's always pretty good. Yeah, just as, like you said, a solid cast. Adam Driver, he's a nice up-and-coming actor. Yeah, he's going to be the villain in Star Wars in December. So could kind of be one of the next superstars, really. Potentially. Could be the next Chris Pratt. You never know. Well, see, he was like really highly received in that uh, TV show, was it? Girls. Girls? Yeah. yeah, he was great in that. I only watched the first season and a half, but I watched some episodes here and there after the first season. He was awesomely bizarre in it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I was actually looking forward to it quite a bit. And uh, what did you think? Um, I did not like this movie. Really? No. And it's not like one of those movies I like watched twenty minutes of, and I like decided this is not going to be a good movie. And like, I really took in the whole movie and digested it, and just it didn't really amount to anything to me. It was not that it was like that kind of storyline where it was building to something, but I thought it was a bunch of cliches that. Ended up all not really having that redeemable of aspects to them. Okay. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's a little shallow. I don't know. I liked it quite, quite a bit. Um, I do hear what you're saying, though, because I thought in the beginning, toward the middle of the movie, man, this is pretty obvious stuff, cliches, like you said. Yeah. And I thought the third act was great and really kind of twist turned it on its head a little bit and it made made me think back to the first half of the movie and made a lot more sense to me of why the director chose yeah. to do the things he did like I, don't, I do like like on the their original friends the ones that had the baby i did like how the movie throughout it it didn't really end up making stillers and his wife um I don't know, it seemed that selfish in that respect, because at the same time, like, she gives the baby classes, and you can kind of just see, like, it's all these, no offense to a man that's about to have a baby, but <laughs> the parents are kind of baby crazy, they're 100% in, and that's yeah. great, but, like, you know, they're really the ones that are taking this class, it's not their two-month baby, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I kind of, like, like that scene, and I understood where it was going, and but I just don't think it all panned out for him like at the end of the movie like without too much like spoiler or anything like not that there's really anything to super spoil but like Ben Stiller just kind of decides that Jamie is narcissistic and selfish and you know kind of all these cliches for millennials which he kind of is but at this on both sides of the thing, it's sort of like Ben Stiller thinks this pure way without bending the rules and waiting for your moment or whatever. And Adam Driver is this sort of the opposite. He's opportunity. He has less talent and vision, but he actually does something and yeah. pulls it off. 
Mm-hmm. And essentially, Stiller's kind of jealous of that, even though Stiller has much more vision and talent, essentially. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think it did. It ended up doing. He was just like, this person's a bad person. And you were like, ah, I don't know. I hear what you're saying. It's the hard thing, for me to completely articulate. Like, I thought that was a pretty fair job. Um, my thing was, I was with you, but then, like I said, the last act of the movie like really turned me around. I think I it, something clicked. I think what I like about the movie is that the movie is 100% from the perspective of Ben Stiller. Yeah. And he, the way he sees everybody is the way you see everybody. And as he his eyes get open to the realities of the situation and not just his preconceived notions, the characters around him start to have more depth. And they start to have more than just one characteristic. Like the baby f- crazy friends. Yeah. You kind of learn by the end that, no, that's just what you were saying. You didn't see behind the scenes and how hard it was and all this and yeah. that. And just like with Jamie, oh, he's the best, he's the best. But then he finally sees all different sides of him, and he's an asshole. But he's not just an asshole. He, I think he's a pretty complex character for a side character. And you can see his bad qualities, and you can see his admirable qualities and why he's getting where he is. And I just felt like that was pretty, uh, pretty good. And I'm surprised how much... There was in the third act, because I figured Noah Baumbach, it's just going to be, like, nothing too dramatic. But it kind of got, it kind of got dramatic at the very end, but then it was like, wait a second. And it, it went, I thought it went places where I didn't expect it to go by the end. Yeah, I don't know, I just thought the movie was kind of an anti-climax, because even though they did yeah, a for little sure, bit more for depth, sure. it sort of didn't really pan out or pay out. You know yeah, what I, mean? I think that's kind of the point, though, because he's, he's, it's leading up to this big gotcha moment, and then he goes for it, and it's like, so what? <laughs> like, yeah. That's why I like that, because it's like, oh, yeah. Because, again, I, that's showing from his perspective, because it's like, this is it, we got him. But then, <laughs> as soon as he realizes, oh, wait, that's really not as big a deal as I thought, then we see that, and everyone's reactions yeah. reflect that. And I don't know, I just, Driver's character was really kind of obnoxious to me. Yeah. He I didn't think he did of, that great of a job. No, and the way I look at it is there's a swimming pool and he was the shallow end of it. Like, he still had all these aspects of the whole bigger picture. You know, it's very, um, without being, like, insulting, he's a hipster to the fullest <laughs> definition of it. He's, yeah. He kind of dives into any little thing that he likes and kind of acts like he is completely involved and surrounded when it's really he's only really scratching the surface you just do a little bit more yeah he's uh, I think his character is the most like a plot device yeah whereas I think Ben Stiller Naomi Watts they're the real characters but again there's a like I said like my theory is that that's the whole film's perspective is through them so it kind of makes sense why they, the other characters feel like a plot device. Yeah. But, uh, um, but like, even Naomi Watts, like, I thought she did a fine job in the movie, but her character, besides being the wife, was sort of, I don't know. Like you said, it is from Stiller's point of view, essentially, but I don't know. She was just, like, too on and too... 
she was on or off with the, uh, we'll say the ride that they were on, you know, mm-hmm. like, like the hip hop class thing. <laughs> yeah. like she was just all in on it, like not in a good way. Like she didn't, she should have felt more awkward. Yeah, you know, very earnest. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just I like the contrast when they were just starting to become friends. How they're showing that the young kids are using all the old stuff. While the older people are relying on the yeah. technology, and it just you find out that they're only doing the old stuff like ironically. Yeah, they're just like, oh my god, this is so stupid. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I kind of feel like that is a trend. Yeah, I I totally agree with you. I wish uh, they would have brought out on like Stiller's side a little bit more how some people of that generation sort of just use the new technology because everyone else almost like they feel expected to use it mm-hmm. and i thought there could have been a little more contrast between those two yeah i i feel you like this movie did have a lot of like aspects that i wanted to like and whatnot i just i think at the end it would have been nice if stiller would have gotten more out of that rather than just being like all right, I accept that I'm old, and I'm just going to go back to being like I was, exactly like I was. <laughs> That's what was, like, really the disappointment for me in this movie. Is yeah. Just sort of, not that I was a, expecting something amazing at the end. I just thought there would have been more moral or yeah, whatever. I don't, and I don't think all movies have to have a moral. I just think they should be... I don't know, a movie like that should just be all about the details and not so much about everything else. All or nothing, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, it just sort of wasn't quite enough. That's kind of how uh, Noah Baumbach's movies are, though. Low-key, very subtle. Although, I mean, the themes were not extremely subtle in this movie, but I just mean, like, yeah. no huge They were a screen-fed. It's no, no real climax ever. You know, it's just... A story and that's it but I did like I thought the movie was funny I thought it looked good I thought it was shot well I think I had like one maybe two I didn't think it was hilarious I didn't think it was hilarious but I thought it was pretty funny at times not anything laugh out loud but just like chuckle worthy yeah Um, I thought like I said shot well looked good I pretty, thought his pretty good dad, soundtrack. What it, it's a step or not step dad? It's father-in-law. father-in-law. I thought he was actually the best. Yeah, the, the guy from Beethoven. Yeah. I can't remember his name for some reason. It's a trend on this show. <laughs> but uh, you'd recognize him. Most yes, likely. I. Um, yeah, I love the relationship between him and the and the father-in-law. Yeah, and it's like he's got a six-hour movie and he refuses to cut anything. <laughs> yeah. I do feel like the movie is commenting on someone that had success with the first thing they did, then gets terrified that they won't be able to live up to it, so they kind of freeze up. Yeah. And they, it perfectionist and... Oh, and the sad well, thing is, I can really relate to that, and I just... I don't know. Whereas Adam Driver's character is just like, could take shit and polish it into yeah good fake gold you know like the dichotomy there is pretty good uh but yeah i just i like the rivalry between the father-in-law and him 
And I like the ayahuasca scene. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's kind of the turning point of the movie where they start to like notice that like the ayahuasca woke them up yeah. to be more perceptive. I couldn't believe that was in the movie because <laughs> I've seen some stuff on that and that is not like like it would have been in real life it would have been more realistic if they would have went to like an LSD party or something because ayahuasca is like the hard drug of this, was it a realistic perception? Like, uh, oh, no, it was so much more violent and really, yeah. It's not something that you like take, and yes, it does make you throw up like that. But it's not something you take and you ha- have like a moment. Like a lot of people that like have fifteen year drug addictions and stuff like that, and are either going to get off or die, will go and do one of these things. To it's intense. It's like people can die from this ayahuasca thing (laughs) but it's like a hipster drug (laughs) but yeah it it does have that kind of perception where it's like there's spirit seekers that hear about this and they pay all this money to go into a retreat and do Mm -hmm. it but but it's like a it's not like a one night thing I don't think it's like a 12 14 hour full blown experience (laughs) (laughs) I also feel like the movie is trying to say that you know, you can be older and not have kids and still be happy in a marriage, but then it kind of belittles that with the very ending, yeah, without giving anything away. So that was kind of weird. But I didn't, I didn't love the movie. I think I, I just did like a ranking of all the Noah Baumbach films that I've seen, and this was uh, fourth or fifth. So I mean, I liked it, but it wasn't one of his best. Yeah. Um... As much as I don't like the film, I, I have like two little asterisks to the my review. Is first off, I can totally see how this could be a kind of niche movie for somebody. Like you know, there's movies that aren't that great, but you just have a soft spot for it and you really like it. Watching whatever, like it hits a little more close to home. Yeah, I could yeah. definitely see someone liking the movie like that. For and, me, that movie was Happy Christmas that came out last year. This oh, yeah. reminded me of growing up in our family. Not in all one way, but like a bunch of different ways. Yeah. The kind of... It's like weird. indirectly, directly reminds you of something. Yeah, yeah. It indirectly reminds you of something very specific. Yeah. And also, I have a little bit of a know, pet peeve or whatnot of how our generation is generally depicted in a lot of these movies. And I hate being lumped in as this... Mm-hmm. You know, narcissistic, entitled, blah blah blah. Because I don't know. Well, I don't life hasn't been so easy. Well, my end, you know what I mean. I don't see what I'm entitled to. But don't you kind of feel like the the movie in the end was saying that? Oh, I do. So I, are the older people? <laughs> I do. I just that's maybe one thing that maybe it's taking a half a point off. Yeah. For in my head, but I feel like the movies I'm seeing. Yeah, everyone's entitled. Yeah, yeah. You just and I do think he does a decent job of kind of saying that, but I just, like I said, I thought the movie was kind of cliche. Fair enough. Well. Fair enough. Well, actually, I forgot. We should mention the little side plot about <clears throat> Adam Driver's character, his his documentary that he's made with the assistance <laughs> of Ben Stiller about this guy, the Facebook yeah thing where he meets up with someone that requests him on Facebook and he goes and meets him. And it turns out to be this war veteran. 
and you know this whole big thing that leads to this big story now he's gonna go to Iraq and <laughs> but I just like how like this, something happens in the moment with Ben Stiller friends oh have you seen have you googled this guy and he's like oh can you do that again let's get it on film this time and yeah. it's kind of like showing that documentaries are kind of scripted a little bit too yeah and it's a lot about how it's not about how you make the movie it's the end product that matters the most yeah it's absolutely a, so then the battle between <laughs> is it at, is it more how it happens or what is on film yeah yeah so I don't know I would give it a seven and a half out of ten I get a five out of ten alright <laughs> let's see how much we disagree about our top five number top five. one <laughs> movies uh she is an actress that feel I feel like she's been around forever, but when I'm looking up her movies, she hasn't been around. Yeah. She hasn't been in that many things. But when she's there, she's usually pretty darn good. Like, the earliest one I really reckon, Children in the Corn. It's what she won in the Children. She must have been. A, yeah, that, well, that's what corn. I was thinking. <clears throat> uh, but yeah, I was surprised, actually, that I hadn't seen more of her movies considering how well I knew of her and yeah. visually and I always get her and Kate Blanchett mixed up yeah I feel like I do that with a lot of actresses and actors so and even Nicole them. Kidman a little bit yeah I could see that blonde similar ages you know good actresses <laughs> yeah uh, what's your number five Naomi number, Watts movie my number five is King Kong King Kong uh, it wasn't Black, that great of a movie but I respect the fact that they went King Kong. Especially, it was one of the first movies of the HD generation. If you remember back, like, I remember it being one of the first, uh, it's actually HD DVD that, uh, came out. You know what I remember the most? What? First Xbox 360 game I ever had. King, oh, yeah. King Kong. I was <laughs> thinking a lot about got that. Got 100% achievement. <laughs> <laughs> it was so easy, just... Each level you beat, getting got you know the achievement. There was no bonus, to, like extra side stuff or anything, and it was a pretty good game. I mean, yeah. it was just a straightforward like first person shooter kind of weird thing, but it's kind of fun. I was kind of thinking about it, not to get too off topic, but if you like, I was thinking about 4K TVs and when they're going to be used and available. And if you think back, DVDs didn't really become popular until PlayStation Two came out. And had a DVD player. And then HD TVs weren't very abundant until 360 came out. And then they had that brief little war with you know, HD DVD and Blu-ray. Blu-rays yeah. didn't really become the mainstay until PS4 came out. Video so games are a pretty big charge in the technology market. Just look. Yeah. Virtual reality with the systems. I saw something that they were saying the games industry is its not only bigger than the movie industry, it's about to be bigger than the movie and music industry combined. I kind of believe it. It's its bizarre, but I kind of believe it. Because every kid growing up, there's never-ending supply of... Yeah. You know? It's pretty Plus, crazy. Yeah, I guarantee virtual reality, it's going to be huge, but not until it hits consoles. Yeah. And even, like, I think once it hits consoles, then you'll start to see them spin it off into, like, 
just other kind of technologies that you can have around. Yeah, I was just telling Dave, I wish they would just put something out. It's kind of the equivalent of the, all those headsets that got popular. Like, I just want, I wish they would put something out that's not too technical and something I could just immersively watch a movie on yeah. or just immersively play my game without all the crazy you know, bells and whistles. They're experimenting with stuff like uh, movies that have like 360 screens. Oh, really? I think so. That's pretty cool. That would work perfect for something like that. It's... Yeah. Pretty experimental at this point, but, you know, games lead the way. Yeah, I think also there's, but what I was going to get to is 4K TVs and all, it's probably you would wait until consoles start using 4K. Yeah. Three, Xbox One has native 4K support, but it's just not practical. It, no one can really use it. Yeah. So I think with these HD, uh, apparently the whole thing with these glasses are, if you use 1080p, you're so close that you can see the pixels. So you need the ultra HD right. to not see them. But anyway, I'm sorry. Hey, content's content. <laughs> <laughs> My number five is a, a movie that Casey recommended to me in one of the last film clubs I think we did, a Matinee. This is a the guy that directed Gremlins okay, and a bunch of other pretty darn good movies. He directed this as well. It's got uh, John Goodman as like a B-movie director comes into town and at this Navy base, I think, and it's just like, uh, it's him trying to make some money on this terrible movie and this whole sequence and these kids that go to it and uh, it gets a little, get a little crazy. It's pretty, <laughs> pretty funny movie, pretty good, uh, pretty good flick. Sounds pretty cool. Yeah. My number four is The Ring. This is my number four as well. Really? Yeah. One of the only horror movies I kind of like. I think I um, had it on It's my... been a long time since I've seen it, though. Yeah. I've seen it more than once, though, so I'm pretty sure it holds up. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I had it on my top five modern horror movies that we did a, long, a while back, which was horror movies that came out after the year 2000. Yeah. Um... I just I think it's a great premise. Obviously, it's a remake of the Japanese yeah movie, but Naomi Watts is very convincing as a terrified mom, <laughs> and uh, it's scary, man. <laughs> I was going to say it's got a lot of jump movements. A lot of scary imagery. It's not just like jump scares. It's actual creepy. It's yeah. Uh, it's good stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, number three. Um. Near and dear to my heart, since it was our like first review together. <laughs> yes, Vincent. it was our first review. <laughs> Episode 100... I don't know. <laughs> 112 or something I, like some, that. I think so. Early teens. Early one-teens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I didn't love it. <laughs> I didn't love it, but like I said, it's just... I remember watching it and being nervous about preparing. and Holds a special place in your Yeah, life. so definitely. <laughs> Yeah, not a terrible movie. Um, my number three is King Kong. Okay, I love the movie. Uh, Peter Jackson. I think it's, I think it's better than uh, Lord of the Rings. Sorry, I went there, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I cried at the end when King Kong got it. I've uh, the reason it was my number five. It's a, it's a movie I've seen 
I don't think I've ever sat down one time and watched it all the way through. through. And not for the fault of the movie, just for, you know, going over our friends and having to leave early. I think at the time I was on provisional license, so I had to leave by 12. <laughs> yeah. and... Just, I think, Adrian Brody, Jack Black, Naomi Watts, they're all great, but King Kong himself, man, <laughs> that is a lovely creature. <laughs> And a tragic five. figure. Tragic figure. Top five. We should do this. Top five um, movie characters that are not real that have yeah. strongest parts. Like smog. And yeah. <laughs> not bad. Not bad. What's your number? Two? <laughs> yeah. What's your number two? My number two is Twenty One Grams. All right. So, yeah. Great movie. It's pretty. Uh, pretty good drug thriller. Uh, yeah. It's an honorable mention for me. It's not bad movie. Cool. Pretty solid. Uh, my number two is a thriller from David Cronenberg, director of History of Violence, which I know you like. Yeah. Uh, Eastern Promises. Oh, I've heard of this. This is also Viggo Mortensen again. He's like an undercover cop in Russia, or a, I forget exactly. Eastern Bloc. Yeah. I don't know, but they all speak English, of course. So. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, great little thriller. Um, one of my favorite movies of 2007, which was a super strong year. I think I had it just behind um, No Country for Old Men, There Will Be Blood. Yeah. And a couple other fantastic well, movies. Well, that's saying something. Uh, yeah, I loved it. There's this one action scene where he's in like a... You know, like a shower place or whatever. He's naked. Yeah, one of he the has baths to, or whatever yeah, they call them. He has to get in this deadly, brutal, bloody fight while he's naked with these guys. It's Oh, wait, is this... Was that giving away... It's Russian mob, Yeah, right? I'm pretty sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Russian mob, and he's kind of undercover. Yeah, yeah, actually, I, I have seen this movie a few times. I love this movie. <laughs> Great. I don't know why. I always get the, um, this title mixed up with another movie. Gotcha. Told you. Yeah. <laughs> Glad I can refresh your memory. <laughs> yeah, I love the movie. Great action scenes, great drama scenes. Everything about it is pretty good. Great act. I thought he did the accent. Fantastic. <laughs> it made me wonder if he is Russian. I think he's German. Yeah, Not maybe too far. Maybe he's a triple agent spy. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. He's so out in the open that it's incognito. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Number one. Birdman. Honorable mention. Okay. We reviewed it. Um, please check out that review. Because yeah. I thought we had a pretty good discussion about it. Uh, solid movie. I thought it was overrated. Oh, yeah. that's. I felt the same way. I thought her performance in it was... Yeah, she Good. all the acting is amazing. Oh, it's, it's like acting is all the technical aspects are great about it. It's yeah. just the, you know, we got into it yeah. when we talked about it. Quite the discussion. <laughs> My number one, no surprise to anyone. It's all two listeners that have listened to us for a while now. Thanks for your support. <laughs> <laughs> Mulholland Drive, uh, okay. uh, David Lynch movie, trippy movie, weird movie. Um, first, as I'm watching it, I'm, I'm entranced and I'm, I'm deeply interested, but I'm just confused and not sure if I like it at all. But then 
something just clicked where I was like, this movie is amazing. It's one of those ones that's like, once it clicks in your mind, and I don't even know, I heard this theory about what it all means and, and how it all fits together that made perfect sense to me, and it made me love the movie, but if it, it didn't click for Casey when I recommended it to him, uh, and uh, he didn't like it, but it's, uh, she's an actress in Hollywood who gets into an accident and has kind of memory loss. And it just gets weird, trippy, like nightmarish. What's real? What's not? Just a really twisty, awesome. weird movie that uh, I, I will I would recommend. Nice. It's definitely that's how I felt about Inherent Vice. It was just like uh, yeah. I should really like this movie, but what is going on? And then I step back. Yeah, there's like theories. Is the first hour and a half a dream and then the last hour is like it's an epic movie you might not like it but I think it's worth a shot if you're a movie fan and I think a lot of people have seen it if they're movie fans but cool I love it nice any honorable mentions um J. Edgar um I don't particularly love the movie but like you said you hadn't seen a lot of hers yeah uh it's very from I haven't seen the whole thing, but it was pretty boring, and I personally don't like J. Edgar Hoover whatsoever. I didn't like that movie, and I love Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, <laughs> it was. I mean, he looked like him. He should have been a good movie. It was just boring, and he is essentially a mobster with a badge. That, I don't know. I always thought he was like. Plus, he was secretly like gay, which is fine, but. When how they gay people were not accepted part of society at that point, so you know, like cops busted people for crap. And I just thought he was a hypocrite, essentially. And so. he's one that's kind of like making that kind of stuff happen. Yeah, yeah exactly. He's sort of making. It's just like uh, Django Unchained. How Samuel Jackson's character is like best friends with the slave driver yeah right? even though he's like a slave but yeah he's like uh, yeah. I hear what you're saying honorable mentions for me Birdman like I said While We're Young the movie we just reviewed Funny Games the remake it's just this is weird it's uh god damn it what is the guy's name <laughs> Michael Haneke I yeah. believe he remade his own movie <laughs> First one was in German, I think, or uh, okay. it was in his own country, and then he did an American remake like six years later, nine years later, something like that. And it's like a horror movie where home invasion. These two kids come into this rich family's life, like trick them and let them in the house, and shit goes down from there. Very scary, very good horror movie. Cool. And uh, Stay was a movie with Ewan McGregor, Ryan Gosling, Naomi Watts. Sounds I awesome. liked it at the time. I feel like I probably wouldn't like it as much now because it's one of those movies where three stories and they kind of come together. Uh, I mean, that trick kind of works on you when you first get into movies. but Yeah, it was sort of like that time where indies weren't kind of normal yet. So everyone that wanted to be an indie kind of feel Tarantino'd it. Made it kind of. I feel like there was a lot of movies in the early two thousands, early to mid two thousands. Yeah. They love that thing with a bunch of stories that come together. Yeah. In the end, yeah. So that's much up. I've been honorable mentions. Let's move on to Maggie. 
the Arnold Schwarzenegger zombie flick, like I said, post-apocalyptic uh, world. Abigail Breslin plays his daughter, who is out past curfew, gets the zombie virus. Except in this world, like the zombie virus, it's not contagious until you fully become a zombie, it seems like. Yeah, it's a it's kind of a more realistic take on a, what zombie disease, I guess, would be. It's... I don't know, it reminds me more of a, and maybe this is from the imagery, like a plant disease, like a plague, where it just kind of gradually yeah. comes, and I guess you can't really stop it. Yeah, there's like, once you get the virus, you got two weeks of being yourself, and it's just the inevitable decline into zombie-fied and death. Yeah. And the movie is basically just about how... He deals with his daughter. Nothing he can do about it. She's like, going to become a zombie. Decaying. What, like, what's yes. he going to do? Anyway, yeah. Obviously, I think that the uh, the analogy is to like kids getting cancer. Yeah. You know, and it's just the heartbreak of knowing that this probably is not going to end well. But I gotta love her, love my kid until that time happens. Yeah, this movie definitely has a stronger vibe of being like a terminally ill yeah. person rather than it being it's a not zombie like some flick. zombie action movie. Yeah, with, yeah. But uh, yeah, expectations. I didn't hear the best things. I did hear that Arnold's performance was surprisingly good. So I was curious. So when Lionsgate sent the email, like, you want to get a review copy of this? I'm like. Yeah, I'll be interested in checking it out. So, yeah. I went in with tepid expectations, but interested. Yeah, I, I felt exactly the same way. This is the movie I'd probably heard most about. And yeah, I'd heard it. so so things about it. Not horrible reviews, not great reviews. But it seemed pretty generally the same. It's not like someone gave it, this is underrated, this is yeah, overrated yeah. type thing. Or... And the result? Yeah, it was alright. I I liked the things they did right I really liked and I don't know, I don't know if this movie necessarily did things wrong as much as they didn't do things. Yeah. To me, uh it was just kinda of boring. Yeah, very It did make me think, but it didn't make me feel, which I think is a problem. Yeah. Especially when it's such a sad, heavy material. And I have a three-year-old daughter and a baby on the way. Yeah. Terminal kid illnesses should make me feel, not just think about it. You know what I mean? So, for me, that was the biggest issue. But, I mean, you, it's not very subtle either. It's pretty, no. pretty heavy-handed. But Arnold is great, actually. He's really good. He really is. And he just doesn't have a ton of lines yeah. in the movie. And I thought that was... I thought that was one of the best parts of the movie, actually. Yeah, he didn't need to have catchphrases, you know. He just, he actually acted with his face for once. You know? Yeah, he, he, he did a great job. Yeah. But, yeah, like I said, and I, it's just so gray. The whole movie is just yeah. so gray and dull. I didn't think it looked good. It was really boring. Even the, uh, like, flashbacks were... I thought it was like the one point in the movie that should have been really bright. Vibrant, and it kind of yeah. is bright, but it's dim yeah. and gray at the same time. Yeah, I was expecting... If you're going to do that, that would have been good. Like, have the flashbacks be this vibrant, lush, you can see the life and everything. 
And then when you go back to the post-apocalyptic, it's drab and dull and gray. Yeah. They didn't exactly do that either. Um, and a- Abigail Breslin's okay, I think. I don't think she was great. Yeah, I feel the same way. Um, like, there are some pretty cool scenes, like when she cuts her thumb and it starts oozing black. And yeah. just her reaction, you kind of feel like, I mean, put yourself in those shoes a little bit, every, a couple scenes like that, but... I don't know, I thought a lot of stuff was pretty obvious. Yeah, the only real positive thing, I liked her relationship with her siblings. Yep, and but, with the, I felt even the boy that had the virus as well, that yeah. was pretty good. Like, she's trying to talk to him while she has the same problem, and it's inevitable, like, in two days she's going to be in the same boat. I thought that was pretty interesting. Pretty much all her interactions with the non-main cast... Yeah, pretty good. Kind of the strong points for her. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was heavy-handed. It was... I think the flashbacks felt too much. Like, at the end, it was like... Wow, I saw that coming in the first, like, five (laughs) minutes. Exactly. And I don't know. It's just... I I really think this could have been a... Maybe not, like, a 9 or 10 out of 10 type movie, but it could have been better. And I thought the directing and how the movie was put together and the style of the movie was not good. I feel like the script might have actually been decent. I feel like, I mean, I'm not an expert on telling which exactly was the part that fell apart, if it was the writing, the directing. Yeah. But if I had to guess, I would say script's solid. Acting's obviously pretty good for the yeah. most part. Acceptable, for sure. I think it falls on the direction, maybe, in the editing. But yeah, that's probably more of what I was definitely in direction. Know, at some point, I feel like this movie was just like someone was like, "All right, let's just finish it and get it out." <laughs> or I don't know, maybe it was just poorly planned prior to direct. I don't know. It, I can't. Like I said, I'm or like you said, we're not experts necessarily. It's just trying it's, to figure out what went wrong for us. Yeah, you know? exactly. And it's. And I can't put a finger on where the movie at some point was like, okay, this isn't great. It's not working, yeah. Um, I did like the stepmom, actually, a lot. I felt felt like her reactions were pretty authentic. Like, yeah. Obviously, she wants to give this girl up way sooner than Arnold because it's not her... Even though she loves this girl... And yeah, she kind of wants to give her a fair shot. It, but takes, like, feels as if she's her own daughter, but she's not. So there's not that attachment. So the first sign of weird behavior, she's, like, ready to just give her to the authorities. Yeah, that's the you thing. can't blame her. Yeah, you can't blame her, but you can't blame Arnold either for wanting to just... She's my daughter, I can't do it. Like, you, you definitely understand. And that's part we forgot to mention was that... You have a choice of either turning them in, where they'll be quarantined and essentially killed. Yeah. Uh, or you can keep them at home, and when a time comes, give them some kind of shot that will kill them, but it's extremely painful. Or you can just or kill them yourself. Come and hit them, too, or, if you don't turn them in, right? Yeah, yeah. If they start acting up, the cops will come, and he has a relationship with the main like deputy or whatever. Which I thought was kind of not that great. 
Yeah, it was. It could have been. It could have. Mm-hmm. But there wasn't enough to play off of it. Yeah. I mean, there was like that one moment. There's Yeah, there's a scene where he's kind of like... Him and the cop that he's not buddies with, they kind of throw down. And I feel like, oh, this is going somewhere. And then it's just like backed off completely. Yeah, we're both wrong. <laughs> yeah. And there's moments like... That, uh, I feel like actually when they do go for this... The horror elements, they're not bad. Like, when she eats the fox and there's just blood all over her mouth. Yeah. That was pretty uh, visually interesting. And then she gets in the bath and it's like the whole water turns red. That was pretty cool. Yeah. And I like how the decay is slow. Yeah. And not just like suddenly these massive features on them. Mm -hmm. And the eyes were cool because... Normal, then pale, then all black or something. Yeah, and the skin gets pale, and like the veins start like it's yeah. yeah. It didn't that part didn't look bad. Yeah, it just yeah. maybe didn't fit with the tone of the movie yeah. necessarily. Yeah, the, like I said, just to reiterate, the biggest thing for me was that it was boring, dull to look at, and it didn't make me feel where the sub this kind of subject matter should. Yeah, I would rather feel than think. Yeah, in this on this particular. kind of movie. Yeah, I just didn't connect on that level with the film. I mean, you always want to do both, I guess, but some films it should be either or, and this definitely should have been. All right, I should. Maybe this isn't going to be the best movie, but I want you to feel for this girl. Yeah. Or for Arnold by the end of it. Yeah. I will yeah. say though, on a positive note, my wife came in with the last thirty or forty minutes of the movie and. Enjoyed it and then berated me for not watching the whole thing with her. <laughs> but, yeah, and Arnold does a great job. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he's the most emotion. He's the only emotional aspect of the yeah. movie is that you can identify with him. Exactly. And like I said, if you do connect with the movie, even though I do think it's keeping you at arm's length, if you do happen to connect, you're gonna like it. Yeah. So I'd give it like a five and a half. Yeah, I was. It's a five and a half, six. I'll probably give it a five and a half as well. All right. We're on the same page on this one, not like the last one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to the last but not least review of the show. Slow West, uh, starring one of my favorite actors, Michael Fassbender, as well as Cody Smith McPhee, uh, Ben Mendelsohn, a guy I really like. Um, I forget who it's directed by. I apologize. But... It's basically just a Western. I heard it described like this, which makes perfect sense. It's like an American Western told by like a European style director. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, it's more of like a um, we're going west kind of movie rather than a Oregon Trail, Western. Maybe. Western you know? Oregon Trail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, basically it's about Curtis McPhee is this like Scottish kid yeah who is heading west because the quote-unquote love of his young life um had scampered west with her father and he feels like he kind of blew it with her and he wants to go get her and like happily ever after yeah and little does he know that there's a bounty on them for like a a that starts at a thousand and then it it gets higher yeah and so a bunch of bounty hunters are also after them. He runs into Michael Fassbender's character, who is a bounty hunter, but 
you can't tell if he's a good guy or a bad guy. But they like travel together out west, and then it's really as simple as that. <laughs> yeah, it's really just the journey, and it all comes to a head at the end. Yeah, so, yeah, pretty straightforward. Short movie. It's only like an hour and twenty minutes or so. Um, Which I thought was to its benefit. Yes, uh, for absolutely. being just kind of slow paced, it it really wrapped things up. Yeah, in a good it didn't time. meander. It didn't do anything extraneous. You know. Going, I was looking forward to this a lot. I had heard pretty good things out of Sundance. I love Michael Fassbender. I'm starting to get more into westerns, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I was. This was the one I was looking forward to the most. I hadn't heard of this one going into it, but after like looking over the DVDs and all, I I was pretty excited about watching it. Like I, I like what's his name, Michael Fassbender. Yeah, you gotta see more of his stuff. Yeah, I've seen some of it, and yeah. what I have seen, I've liked. So he's was... gonna be the main character in Assassin's Creed movie. Okay, that'll fit good. Yeah, I love this. I love this movie a lot. I didn't. Uh, uh, like I when I first came over, I was saying how I could definitely see someone watching this movie a few times. I think I would like it a lot more my second time around, uh, but I did really enjoy it. Yeah, oh man, I did love it. It's And it's nothing like this amazing movie. I just loved visually. It looked beautiful, amazing. It really did. Um, the open fields just really captured the the surroundings. And there's especially this one shot at night when they're like, well, I think it's when he meets up with this guy who's just in the middle of nowhere, set up shop, head in the opposite direction, and they kind of get together and have some uh, coffee. Yeah. And he sleeps there, and it's so beautiful. The open space with the stars and the... It's camp. actually dark. It's not yeah. like... And the stars are just... I, it sounds weird to say out loud, but just visually it looked amazing. And there's tons of great visuals like that. Like, there's this wheat field towards the end. They do some really awesome visual stuff with that. People popping up out of there. Yeah. Um, the look and feel of this was... It felt like I was actually in the old West. Yes, you know? perfect tone. But it felt like a mix of a Western and a fairy tale to me. Yeah, I think uh, I mean? was, when I was reading about this movie, it's intentional. It's sort uh, of a... I believe um, it, yeah. It's sort of like a Western twist on some European fairy tales. Mm. Like, uh, I guess they travel through the forest and stuff, rather right. than, you know... Yeah, because it's almost like... But I don't think it's anything direct. Right. Like, this fairy tale is this... They make it seem like they just walked from Scotland to the American West, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, there's some magical realism a little bit there. But, uh, the star of the show for me is Michael Fassbender. He's no, incredible. He, his character's awesome, his acting's good. He's amazing in this role. He's, like, this badass, but also has, like, a sense of humor about him. Yeah. I fell in love. No. <laughs> I did love them. Um, like, they're just in a shop buying stuff, and it gets held up. That is an amazing scene. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I love the first scene that he's in, too, where yeah. the kid pulls the gun on him, and he just he slowly walks back and takes, takes it out of his hand. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So many good scenes for me in this movie, and it's almost like a movie where, you know how some movies will have a bunch of great scenes 
but they don't this like the sum is greater than the or yeah less I, than I the parts you. you know what I mean this I felt like was a bunch of great scenes and it made the whole movie it's, it felt like a Tarantino movie to me in that regard yeah because I, I feel like that's how Tar- Tarantino's best are like Inglorious Bastards that's a movie where every scene individually is great and it all comes together I feel like yeah I feel you there pretty close to that here um, the ending is amazing <laughs> I have absolutely love the shootout at the OK Corral basically yeah such small scale but but not necessarily the characters after. whereas Maggie I didn't connect with the characters I didn't feel anything this is a much smaller scale story but man I was on the edge of my seat yeah. like I really felt more <laughs> at the end of this movie than the whole film of Maggie yeah I felt more halfway through this movie than yeah. I did with that one with all respect and all. I don't know. I, what I like about... And there's nothing special about this movie. And I don't mean that in a bad way. They just... With, yeah, they work yeah, with yeah. what they have so well. It's just... It all comes together at the end, you know? Yep, exactly. I would say the ending is special. Well, yeah. I, I don't mean <laughs> I that in a negative mean. way. I know what you mean. For mean, sure. Plot aspects. It all builds perfectly off of each other. Like it builds momentum as it goes on. It's one of those great, simple, straightforward. Like it's just like a like a snowball rolling downhill. Builds and builds and builds. Yeah. And then it hits a wall and explodes. And they don't need like a kooky side character or some over the two over the top things happening along the way to make it interesting. It's pretty interesting in its own right I like how there's all these other bounty hunters that are like literally two steps behind them essentially (laughs) and they're all these crazy characters like you don't even get the backstory on all of them but you can just tell each one individually has been through some crazy stuff has their own little history yeah without even showing it you can just tell just from their appearance like Ben Mendelsohn is great with his huge fur coat (laughs) (laughs) he's smoking like a He's poor and absinthe. Yeah. I like how there's like some modernizations of things too. Like absinthe, really? You think they had it? Well, I think absinthe used to be Was it called absinthe? A big deal. Really? It was just Mm -hmm. like a strong, probably the only type of liquor that tasted like that back then. But that's, again, I like a lot of those things where they didn't use the old West um, devices that they normally use, you know, like yeah. they use apps and they actually ran in the foreign people, which was the yeah, norm the back Indians, then. Yeah. Oh, I, and this movie is funny. Yeah. I like when uh, the Indian, he shoots an arrow and Kirby <laughs> Smith's character like just sticks his hand out and the arrow goes through his hand. <laughs> Michael Fassbender's like, nice catch. Yeah. <laughs> and he just casually cuts it and pulls it out. <laughs> like, that was awesome. Um, I think it's cool that the hound was the girl's dad. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't notice it at first until like the later scenes inside that house. And the way he dies. Yeah. Rough. Ouch. Oops. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, like these bounty hunters, there's this guy who's dressed as a priest who has this huge like rifle. It's like a sniper rifle. Old West style. Um yeah, the Ben Mendelsohn, just all these guys around a campfire. 
the scene when they just get smashed drunk <laughs> yeah. is pretty awesome and they wake up and all their guns are gone and Do you remember anything about last night? Rain and forget <laughs> something in rain. Alright. <laughs> um if I had to think of any negatives, there is a critical moment at the very end that I saw coming a mile away. Well, not a mile away, but like uh, a minute before it happened. I was like predicted it in my head. Yeah. It seemed pretty obvious. And uh, Cody Smith McPhee, he's fine in the movie, the main character. Yeah. And he was fine. And it's almost by design. He's just so timid. And I don't know. I felt like he was a little bit of the weakest link. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I, I didn't want to point it out too, too much because I did enjoy He's not the bad, film. But, but it's just... It's a combination, a little bit of him... Everyone else is just so damn good. Yeah, exactly. He's just such a polar opposite kind of... And his love interest, she actually was pretty awesome once she kicked into gear. Yeah. Um, The whole love story didn't do a whole, whole lot for me. Oh, no. It did give a meaningful reason for them being on this journey. And the flashbacks weren't that... Great to me, either. Yeah, they kind of took me out of the movie. Actually, a I bit. think it would have been stronger without that. I agree. Uh, just like to build it up, like have this in our own minds instead of like, yeah, seeing... like you have your own image of yeah, yeah. But she was kind of a badass. There's one scene at the end that I don't want to spoil. If this doesn't spoil it directly, but there's a scene with salt falling. Yeah, <laughs> it's oddly really funny to me I don't know if you know what I'm talking about uh, I'm not sure <laughs> if salt falls into an open wound uh, I don't know I, I, there was probably like 10 minutes of movie I didn't see from running out of my room to go to the bathroom or something like that so. gotcha. yeah I loved it I don't know what else to say this is a gush fest <laughs> Uh, what would you give it? Uh, I give it a seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. Yeah. All right, I give it a strong eight and a half out of ten. Nice. And I, I think I, it's so short. It's it gonna be easy to rewatch. Um, really happy to have this movie in my collection because I think I will watch it again. Yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm definitely gonna watch it again. I think I might like it better the second time around. But uh, although I did really, really enjoy the movie, it just wasn't maybe a big enough story for me to give it a higher rating but um at the same time i think that's what makes the movie good yeah I so agree. check it out when you get a chance um, yeah. this seems like a movie that will pop up on netflix instant at some point and uh it comes yeah. out on redbox next week i believe definitely underrated for sure deserve more attention all right Let's see, what else did you watch this week? Any TV, any movies? Um, actually, why don't you start? Let me look up with this. I watched the documentary. I want to see All what right, it's actually cool. called. Alright, I'll start. I watched another movie that Lionsgate sent in, which is 71. It's um, got a pretty good rating on Rotten Tomatoes. It's about a uh, young British soldier who gets accidentally abandoned in, by his military unit following a riot on the streets of Belfast in, you guessed it, 1971. And basically it's just about him trying to get back to his crew, survive, and uh, just some, like a wartime British versus Irish 
movie about he's basically a POW even though he's not captured but he's like just trying to get away from the bad quote unquote bad guys and back with his own people it's starring Jack O'Connell he was in uh, Unbroken which we reviewed oh okay he's this guy he was also in that uh, British prison movie that I love so much with also Ben Mendelsohn from Slow West that uh, he's really good in this and the movie is pretty good on its own it's it's a nice thriller there's a couple moments like it's one of these movies that lulls you into not I don't even want to say boredom but it lulls you into a sense of you feel like you know what what's happening you feel like okay yeah here's where it's going oh what the fuck like there's a couple moments like that to keep you on your toes um yeah, I don't know. There isn't a whole lot to say except a great perform- lead performance by Jack O'Connell and a pretty good wartime thriller. Uh, I would recommend it. It is also coming out on Redbox uh, next week, I believe. So check it out. That sounds pretty cool. I yes, sir. believe I'm taking, I'm going to be watching that in the next week or so. Yeah, so you have to let us know what you thought when we come back from our hiatus. I guess I could also go into... I took my daughter Mackenzie to see Inside Out, the latest Pixar movie, which mm. I also drafted in the... Highly anticipated. box office draft. Um, a lot of the reviews saying this is one of the best Pixar movies in forever. Like, Pixar is back. Amazing. <laughs> um, I, I did enjoy it quite a bit. I should say that it's about the five animated literal depictions of emotions in your head with their own control center in your brain and like Joy is the main one when you're growing up younger she has the controls but then as you grow up at certain times anger takes over sadness uh, fear disgust etc etc and Basically, it's a coming-of-age tale of this little girl, Riley, as she becomes 11 years old, and her family moves from Minnesota to San Francisco, and just the struggles of being a kid and growing up, but it's also a coming-of-age tale of the actual physical manifestations of the emotions, (laughs) and it was good. It was really clever, witty, like, very creative, like, literal depictions of train of thought like uh, memories and all that all that you can think of the imaginary friends really really interesting creative stuff sounds cool love the beginning act love the last act the middle just feels a little bit like filler to me but overall it's a really solid movie for Pixar I'd give it a pretty strong 7.5 out of 10 so do you think it lives up to the hype not really yeah. Not quite. I just to me, there's a certain there's too much of a chunk of this movie that feels extraterraneous or extraneous, however you say that yeah. word. Um, where sadness and joy get lost in like long term memory, and it's basically just them trying to find their way back. And it there's not a to me there's not a whole lot of substance during that large chunk in the middle and. It feels like they had a great idea for like a... It was too long to be a short film. Yeah. But not quite enough 
to be the full feature length. They really should take a shot of a miniseries or something. Yeah, I don't know. And this is a, a kind of a, an idea or a premise that could be like a Netflix show, like different stages in your life and what happens inside. But anyway, it just yeah felt a little boring in the middle to me. Yeah. I mean, it's not, and even the stuff in that part, not it, well, none of it was bad, but it just. It wasn't as strong as the opening and ending, so. Yeah, I felt it kind of hard to believe that even though I heard a lot of good things, like Pixar's best, there just didn't seem to be this buzz around the movie, like, like not that it's Pixar, like Frozen or yeah. some of their other, like, successful movies. They were just, like, the thing, the, the sea. And to me, this one, even though it's gotten positive reviews and decent numbers it's, made a ton of money it it just doesn't seem to have that same buzz around it so I felt it kind of hard to believe that this was going to be their best ever or... it's made the most money of any original animated movie I think to this point yeah but I mean if you really go back and look at numbers like that it's not necessarily the best one it's the best numbers it's the one that hits that wave at its peak you know, like, uh, did Adventures 2 break it? The record? No. Ah, okay. Well, I was going to say, like, I've heard Adventures 2 isn't quite as big, but it was more anticipated, not more anticipated, but I don't know. It was just kind of riding that wave a little more. Or maybe, uh, I don't know. I think... I'm a little lost in thought right there. <laughs> it's high. I think what we'll tell is Frozen, I, it lasted, like, it... Yeah, maybe that's what I'm trying you know, to say. You know, let's give this a month or two, see how it holds up, like, from week to week, because Frozen, like, stayed. It didn't start huge. It started big, but stayed pretty big for a long time. So, yeah. with animated movies, I think it's it's hard to tell right away. You need a couple months, even have to might wait till it hits DVD and see how much more of a following it gets. Yeah. I guarantee I will be purchasing this movie for Mackenzie for Christmas and I guarantee I'll be watching it multiple times in the future so I just like I think back to like The Lion King and maybe like Titanic even though I was a little younger like people went and watched those movies multiple times at the theaters and like it was like three or four weeks of you know kind of being hard to see you know like if you went on a Friday three yeah. weeks after The Lion King went, came out it would probably be sold out yeah, or something. But me and Mackenzie went on Monday morning, and we were the first people in the theater. <laughs> we sat in the best seats ever. It did get some more people coming in as it started, but yeah. it was pretty. Well, it was 10 a.m. on a Monday, <laughs> but it uh, wasn't a packed house. Just how I like it. Uh, but there was a short film in front of it, like always is with Pixar, and it was Lava. And man, oh. it was not good. <laughs> Which is surprising because it opens up and it's just beautiful visuals, like the most life-like, realistic animation maybe I've seen ever from Pixar. Really? Uh, It's like starts off, it's this big volcano and then you see these dolphins jumping in the sea and looks great. And then it's just basically a five-minute music video about this volcano singing about how lonely he is 
He wants someone to love. Wait, no. He wants someone to lava. Lava. That's the whole thing. And then eventually this female volcano comes up and she wants someone to lava. And then they lava each other. It's so dumb. And it's even Hollywood. Here's how it is. This big fat volcano. Old big fat volcano. And a skinny, like (laughs) pretty... Volcano. They get together, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I did not like that short film. You should um, check out online. They had these little, like, behind the story, like they do for Pixar a lot, where they'll explain, like, making cars. They, they do this thing, and it's animated rather than it being people just talking. Yeah. Like, they had to figure out a scene where he pulled out a map. Well, he doesn't have hands, so but it was just a snowball effect of people getting in on this thing. And they make up all these crazy ideas, and then at the end, they're like, "Well, doesn't he not even have to do this because the GPS or something?" And then they end up not using it at all, or something Maybe it's like that. Insignificant. It was just kind of funny yeah. stories. And they did other ones. I hadn't watched them yet, though. It is interesting, though. Like, what a undertaking for this kind of animated high. Like, I heard it cost. Um, the Pixar like 1.7 million per minute or something like that of footage so yeah. yeah you have to go for it and you just gotta hope that it works like you have to have an idea make sure you like it put it down and yeah, I mean, what it is it's gonna be what it is <laughs> just watching that little video gave me so much respect for like yeah. like these things are not obvious ideas you know like it's very abstract mm-hmm. and I don't know yeah, even if I don't like something, I definitely respect, especially this lava, I respect the, how good it looks, at least, you know, I could get something out of it. Yeah. And they went for something, and it just didn't work for me, so. Gotcha. Well, did you figure out that documentary? Yeah, I did. It's, uh, the reason I don't remember is I was just laying down, and I went something to put on that I'll probably get 20 minutes of attention to before I fall asleep. And I clicked this, it's called Point and Shoot. And the reason I ended up watching it is it, it opens up and they're in Baltimore. And I'm like, huh, interesting. Like, what's this about? And it's, it's about a guy who, well, ultimately he fought in the Syrian revolution. Or not Syria, uh, maybe it was Libya. I think it was Libya. Uh, Gaddafi. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, it was Gaddafi and also, like, that's essentially over. But whatever, politics aside... He was a guy that was a single child. He was spoiled. His mother was a single child. His grandmother was a single child. So it was just... And he didn't have his dad in the picture. So they just spoiled him. And he was very adventurous when he was young. But he was essentially taken care of so much that he didn't really know how the real world worked. Like, there's definitely something a little bit off about this guy. He has all these, like, OCD issues, like... Washing your hands every 15 minutes. And and basically he goes through high school, college, doing pretty well in school, but not so much in life. He he finds these documentary TV shows. The guy's essentially like the forerunner to the crocodile hunter. And he's like a man's man. Like he's ripped. He never wears a shirt. He wears these short shorts like from the 70s, you know, and... He just like literally travels the world on a boat and uh, films all the crazy crap that he's doing. Yeah. 
So what he decides is he has to do something drastic in his life, like a crash course to manhood, he calls it. So he buys a motorcycle and just decides to go to Europe or he's going to go across Africa. But uh, what I should say before that is what he ended up getting his master's in was Arab culture. And he was like, I really don't know anything about Arab culture besides the fact that I studied it. So he decides to make these like essentially like animal documentaries, travel documentary about going from Spain to Africa, across Africa. And this is over the course of a few years. And basically he ends up meeting people in Libya and really connecting with these people more so than he connected with people at home. And then something happens, he goes home, and they call him and they're like, there's a revolution that's starting, like my cousin got killed, this, this, and he just felt so bad and he like felt for the first time in his life he had to actually do something about this. So he goes over to his friend who's a, a hippie not a violent bone in his body and they end up being these rebels and hooked up in the whole thing and he goes along with them and what he ends up finding out is he has more experience in the military than all these people because through his um, adventures he considers the Examiner newspaper which was around in Baltimore for a little while to let him be a war correspondent and give him the credentials which they literally say to him that's awesome, because we can't afford to send our reporters to wave football games. <laughs> so he learns to shoot and all from the soldiers, so he has to teach this stuff to these people that he really has nothing to no idea about. And through the course of the war, he gets captured, he gets tortured and put in a military prison for like five and a half months in solitary confinement, gets out, and there's a big media spectacle around it. And decides to not go home until the revolution's over. He kind of fights through. He doesn't like literally fight. He's more kind of just in the group. Yeah. And whatnot. And Sounds it's just, pretty it's interesting. And may I do it no justice. Everything's very interesting. And like the first half of the movie's not even about the revolution part. Sounds like you were into it. Yeah, it was really... I thought it was super interesting. I ended up watching the whole movie <laughs> yeah. and not That's getting cool. any sleep. Nice. But, uh, it, and it's shown through his perspective for the most part. Like, the documentary goes along with the guy who's making it sits down in his apartment and interviews him and asks him questions, and gotcha. the, his footage is edited to go along yeah. with that. Cool. So, point and shoot. Point and shoot. Nice. Highly recommend it. I'd probably give it, like, eight and a half, nine awesome. out of ten documentary aspect. Yeah, for sure. I watched a couple TV things real quick. Um, watched this premiere of Scream, the television series. Yeah, okay, I remember watched the preview. Yeah, we watched the trailer on here. Um, ah, it's not. I didn't have any hope for it's it. It's not good. Yeah. Um, I figured I'd give it a shot because I mean I have I like the first two Scream movies. Scream's a cool franchise. Have yes. fun with those that franchise. Um, and I was just hoping maybe they could do something. Yeah, I being on MTV kind of worried me, but yeah, definitely. I I like some of the reality stuff on the MTV, like Catfish and Teen Mom. Like that's guilty pleasure type yeah. of thing. At least I feel like they do a pretty decent job with it. I've never really gotten into any of their scripted stuff though, and this seems no different. It's pretty poor. Um, 
all the obvious stuff, like trying to be self-aware, but it's not working the way it should for some reason. I always feel like they have great ideas on paper, or maybe not great ideas, but interesting enough to watch, and they do horrible jobs of... Yeah. Like, there's the killers, or there's a killer with the mask, and he's, he's killed one... And there's a scene where they're all at this party. These high school kids at a party drinking. And there's the one guy who's a slasher movie freak. And of course, he, at one point he makes a comment. But in TV, they got to stretch it out. <laughs> it's like, oh God, give me a break. And then at some point he's drinking and telling the stories. As long as we stick together. And he drops his cup and like passes out. Just falls on the couch, passed out. And next thing you know, he's... In the middle of this lake on a dock, naked, and he gets up and it's like, "What? What's going on?" Like he's it's just so ridiculously yeah. stupid. Uh, I might keep watching. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I might give it one more episode, but it's not good. Don't yeah. watch it. <laughs> I did watch Olive Kitteridge. Have you heard of this? No. It's a four episode, four hour miniseries on HBO. Came out in like. Uh, I think it came out like February or March, but I recorded it in April, and I finally got. I watched the first two hours back when I first recorded it, and I just finished the last two hours. Oh, okay. So obviously, didn't give me hook me quite enough to really make me want to finish watching it. But you eventually came back. Yeah, and I uh, I really liked it. Nice. Yeah. Um, it's just about this woman, this older woman played by Frances Mc. McDormand she's from Fargo and Raising Arizona Um, but it's her she's like this grumpy woman who has like uh, mental issues like just like depression and all this kind of anxiety and she's like married to this guy who's super friendly but he's kind of a creep to like younger girls (laughs) and it's basically just about their lives together. It starts off when they're a little bit younger, and each hour like jumps ahead in time and to a different point in their lives. And it, each one individually, not that fantastic, but when you put it all together, it, it was just an interesting look at these people. Some stuff didn't work too great. Like there's uh, the scene where she has to rush to go to the bathroom so they stop at a hospital and when they're stopped in a hospital she's in the bathroom husband comes in or no she's getting checked out because when she went to the bathroom they figure out oh wow this could be something let's have the doctor look at you and the husband comes in is hitting on like the the younger receptionist type nurse and all of a sudden these people with guns burst in and it's a hold up. What? Like, that's pretty ridiculous, but then it's more like the aftermath is what's interesting. Like, how they each react to it. these two different kind of personalities. They have a son who is really fucked up from just dealing with these two different personalities. And really interesting. I don't know. It's hard to do it justice. It's yeah. it's a slow burn, but it's it was pretty good. It's cool. Yeah. All right. News. News. News me. Uh, NBC is fired. You fired Donald Trump. You fired. Because of his presidential campaign. Wait, that show's still on? Celebrity Apprentice? Yeah. 
or whatever apprentice in general. Yeah, it was, and wow. it's going to keep continuing without him, apparently. I don't know how that's going to work. It's not going to be the same. I love that show. <laughs> but, I shouldn't have. <laughs> you should have. But uh, because of his presidential campaign and the comments he made about the immigrants that are migrating from down south, he made a comment about the rapist or something. I mean, and um, they fired him over that. This is like, like the third time he's... I mean... He said worse things. This is just an excuse. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But... It won't be the same with him. <laughs> Who are they going to get? Mark Cuban? That actually could work. There's some yeah, he's actually an interesting person. Some eccentric yeah. millionaire will be uh, able to fill the slot, I guess. We'll, see. <laughs> we'll learn to love the replacement. Okay. Arnold Schwarzenegger, speaking of him, <laughs> he's going to be starring in a revenge thriller called 478, which actually has me kind of interested. Um... It's being produced by Darren Aronofsky. Interesting. And he might possibly direct. I don't know. I, I hope he does. Yeah. Because <laughs> I love anything he does. And it's written by the guy who wrote Enemy, which was one of my favorite movies from last year. Okay. Which was awesome with Jake Gyllenhaal. So as much as if I hear, nowadays if you hear Arnold, you're like, okay, here we go again. <laughs> He's trying his 15th comeback in the action genre or whatever. But... With the Aronofsky attached and and this writer, I'm kind of intrigued. I still really want the uh, what's it, Frank Miller, Darren Aronofsky Batman movie. Oh my god, that would have been so awesome. Yep. Now we're stuck with Ben Affleck. Yep. In 2018, he's directing and starring in The Batman. Could be good. He's a good director. I do like him as a director. I got He's a good director. As long as it's not Zack. I mean, I like Zack Snyder for what he is, but he, he his turn doesn't fit Batman. So no. I'm glad he's not directing that. So looking forward to that. Speaking of the DC Universe, the rumor for who's going to be the new Green Lantern, there's going to be two of them apparently. Interesting. Because in the comics, there's the Green Lantern corpse, there's a, a core, there's a bunch of different ones uh chris pine is being looked at to be one of them that makes sense to me he's basically ryan reynolds but more rugged and talented okay and tyrese gibson um, from the fast and furious franchise not a bad actor. could be the the other one i don't know <laughs> i like the green lantern one of the few dc characters that i like so yeah that first one was terrible with ryan reynolds <laughs> hopefully this will be better yeah, I don't think I'd watch the whole thing ever. You're smart. Yeah. <laughs> and last, but definitely not least, this is the most interesting thing I've heard in a while. Paul Thomas Anderson, director of Inherent Vice in pretty much every one of my favorite movies of all time, <laughs> is going to write and maybe direct a movie starring Robert Downey Jr. Interesting. A Disney animated adaptation, Pinocchio. What the what? fuck? Yes, I don't get it, but it could be amazing. He's, you know, he's not going. I mean, shit. I don't doubt him at this point. Like, but you, you know, he's not selling out. He's not that kind of guy. So if he's going to do it, he's going to do it. Yeah. So, I actually I don't know if Robert Downey Jr. is starring in it or if it's just he's involved in it somehow. But that's just really interesting to me. I did not see that coming. Yeah. I'm... Neither did I. I mean, 
It better be rated R. <laughs> I mean, you got Sofia Coppola directing a Little Mermaid movie. And that apparently, I don't know, some interesting stuff going on. But anyway, wait, is Pinocchio one of those Grimm's fairy tale, or is that just straight Disney? I think it's Disney. I think so too. But interesting. Stuff. I want to feel like that was their first big like own story, like their own. Yeah, actual yeah. fairy tale. I'm sure it was like it probably has elements inspired by stuff. stuff. Yeah. All right, well, let's get into pre-judgment day. Got four trailers this time, all over the map. Let's start with what I thought was the best, Creed. This is oh, the yeah. uh, spin-off slash sequel to the Rocky series, and uh, stars obviously Sylvester Stallone, but <laughs> Mike, Michael B. Jordan as Apollo Creed's son. And it's directed by the guy that did Fruitvale Station, which I loved. Uh, basically, it's about Apollo Creed's son and his upbringing, and he hooks up with Rock, old Rock, and yeah. uh, trains for a fight is what it looks like. But the trailer was really well done. Oh, it looked awesome. Yeah, it starts, it like, if you didn't know the details beforehand, and you just saw this trailer out of nowhere, you wouldn't even know it had anything to do with the Rocky franchise in... Till like after halfway through, yeah, it just looks like this, like looks like a solid boxing movie when it's yeah, it looks like anything. this black boxer, young black boxer who's like had a tough life, but he's it almost looked like South Paul a little bit, you yeah. know, like he's just this talented guy who maybe had some struggles, and then all of a sudden he's looking at a picture of Rocky and Apollo fighting, and it clicks. It's like boom, yeah, here we go. Looked I, awesome, I thought. I thought it looked me. It one of the best ideas for a, you know reboot spinoff yeah. whatever you want to call it it's kind of a gray area yeah because even I mean if it's great you can make sequels to this yeah and you know just like Rocky and like I said it's it's gonna whoever's Rocky fans gonna probably see it yep and then it's kind of the opposite spectrum where you know it was when Rocky came out what was it the 80s like I believe so 80s probably like it was more of the poor white working class guy through hard work or whatever comes up. This seems to be a more modern version. He's a black guy in Philadelphia. And it's sort of... It seems like mostly the same stuff. I mean, it, they don't give out too much yeah. in the plot. But it looks awesome. It looks yeah. like a really solid movie. Michael B. Jordan, one of my favorite up-and-coming actors. Like I said, Fruitvale Station, which was him and this director together. I love that. Uh, I like the Rocky movies. Even the bad ones are at least fun. Yeah. You know. Um, I love boxing movies in general. Cinderella Man is great. Raging Bull. It is a strong uh, genre. It's like the best sports genre. Yeah, I And agree. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I When I heard about it, I'm like, okay, I guess I could see that. But the trailer, it made me excited. Yeah. Next, <laughs> we have Snowden. The... <laughs> The um, movie starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt with the... What's the director? Uh, the piece of crap. <laughs> the guy that did W. Wait, so this is actually... This is called Snowden, right? Yeah. And We're a, a bit confused. <laughs> yeah, it's... Um, God damn, what is the director's name? I have to look it up. <laughs> it's the guy that did... Uh, he does all these like political uh, Wall Street... These biopics. Uh, Oliver Stone. Oliver Stone. There we go. I've already said in the past, I really don't like many of his movies. 
Like, even the ones that are highly acclaimed, I don't love. But uh, this is his take on the whole Snowden thing. Which, yeah. This was a terrible trailer. Worst trailer I've ever seen. Yeah, might be. <laughs> you got the the new trend of like a, a normal song, slow it down, make it seem dark and broody. <laughs> This little Ooh. light of mine, <laughs> <laughs> upside down American flag, and just how there's not even any shots from the movie. It's just like words, yeah. like he was in the military by age, blah 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 blah, the most wanted man in the world. <laughs> Terrible. It was yeah, what it was the thing uh, <laughs> under surveillance. <laughs> oh yeah. One nation the, under surveillance yeah. for freedom or something like that. Oh my god, it was so bad. Yeah. It looked it, like a parody. It didn't make me want to see the movie, that's for sure. Just Whatever watch, it is. Just watch Citizen Four if you want this story. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Man. Alright, well then we watched 10,000 Saints, which was a coming-of-age story with Asa Butterfield, the one-time Spider-Man contender before he lost... <laughs> And Ethan Hawke as his cool dad, he the, the cool dad role that he gets pegged in a, a bunch of times. But yeah, it just seems like a coming of age tale with the, yeah. him in the musical world of some sort. From the directors of American Splendor, which we enjoyed, yeah, in the film club segment not too long ago. The trailer didn't do that much for me though. It didn't. I, my gut feeling says this is going to be slightly above average. Not great. Yeah. But it, the trailer doesn't really convey that. I'm just going off of vibe, what I know about the director and Ethan Hall. So, I mean, it could be one of those movies that we just saw every scene that Ethan Hawke's in. Yeah. yeah. You know, he seems know. like he seems like the best part, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't think he's going to be in a ton of the movie. No, it doesn't seem like it. Real quick, I want to start doing something. This segment is pre-judgment day. Let's predict what our rating will be when we actually see the actual movie. All right. Creed, I'm down for that. Creed, I'm feeling eight and a half. Yeah, I'll give it eight. <laughs> Snowden, oh, this is your classic four and a half out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll give it a five. Okay. Press the right rules. <laughs> 10,000 Saints. I, I feel safe saying it could be a seven out of ten. Just, you know, yeah. harmless, but good. Yeah, I'll go with seven, too. All right. And last trailer, Legend. This is about the Cray Brothers. Yeah. Uh, from England, I believe, right? Yeah. And it's Tom Hardy plays both roles. Yeah, they are twins. Yeah, twins, like 1930s mafia style. It's, uh, well, when they're in control, it's like the 60s. Oh. Okay. Like... Like in Austin Powers and stuff, and they go back to the 60s and all that. Like, all right. that is specifically the era that they're... Gotcha. But essentially, this just shows them being mobsters or whatever. Yeah. And it just sets up, like, this crazy mob story. It looked good to me. Yeah, it's cool. It's They're both nuts, but the one brother is more so than the other. Yeah. The one's schizophrenic and whatever, and the other one can be a real... I liked guy, how... I was telling you that I liked how... The one with the glasses is the one that's like this brute with the anger issues and <laughs> yeah. it's scary. Whereas the one that is all suave looking. Almost a little more intimidating. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and I love the scene where he's like, I prefer boys. <laughs> Italians. <laughs> We're Greek, I don't discriminate. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. Uh, it looks good to me. It looks amazing, I think. Yeah. I think it's a really interesting subject, and Tom Hardy's awesome. Future Me is going to give this an 8 out of 10. 8.5. Woo! I think you're a little high on that. <laughs> we could debate the merits in six months. <laughs> All right. Well, in theaters, Ted 2 came out. Bit of a disappointment. Yeah. Uh, not great on the RT score. I think it's in the 30%. And also, it only made $33 million opening weekend, which was actually $20 million less than the first made. Usually the sequels make more, and I would have thought this one would have done Yeah, more. I mean, that was my... Not too high of a yeah, you're letting Casey write in this thing. He's got that oh, Jurassic man. World. And... and I've read some initial reviews of Terminator. and Not good. Six, is... six and a half. It's going to be close, I think. I think it's two horse race, but uh, Edgar has... Maybe a 2% chance. I have a zero. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Tattoo was was uh, just what the rest of us needed from you. <laughs> also, Max, the military dog movie, made $12 million. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I do not want to see that movie with a passion. <laughs> <laughs> and the outskirts, movie called The Outskirts also came out. Don't even know why I wrote that down. Right. Never heard of it. I have nothing. I was going to say I haven't heard of it at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, and Redbox. Well, next week, Jupiter Ascending, Focus. While we're young, <laughs> mm-hmm. and Last Nights are coming out. But we're on hiatus. Like I said, I have a C-section scheduled. Well, not me personally, but my wife does for <laughs> Wednesday morning, and we will be missing next week's episode potentially the week after that. But I think we'll be back in about two weeks. And when we do, our review will be Jupiter Ascending and Kingsman, The Secret Service, and maybe Focus with Will Smith. Yeah. We'll come up with the top five. No film club for the next few episodes. It's just it's going to take some time to get our bearings straight, get some weeks with only one main review. and Yeah. We're flying by the seat of our pants, basically, is what I'm to say. Uh, so, as always, thank you for listening. You can email us, theredboxreport.yahoo.com. Follow us on Twitter, at theredboxreport. I'm on Twitter, at the Oriole Report. And I'm on Twitter, at the RBR Joel. <laughs> like, like us on Facebook. Subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Subscribe to our Reddit page, reddit.com, slash r, slash theredboxreport. You can find us on Stitcher, and on Letterboxd, I'm at the Oriole Report. And as always, thanks for listening. Congratulations to Bob, and we will have new episodes coming at you. All right. Thanks a lot.